for the body of Christ, for the believers anyway, maybe not for the world, but for the believers. Amen. Amen. So if, you'll, if you're ready, we'll look to the nugget or start with the nugget. A lack of time can't produce failure. A lack of time can't produce failure. Only mismanagement of time can. Once more one more time. A lack of time can't produce failure. Only mismanagement or mismanaged time can. All right. Well, you can turn to the book of Luke. Find the second chapter. And uh, we're looking at the birth of Jesus, but we want to jump all the way down to verse 10 when there was an announcement. I'll start with verse, verse 8. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were all afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Great joy for all people. Well, if you want to, if you're labeling it or titling this, it's great joy. The announcement, the angel's announcement to the shepherds was intended to produce great joy, but look what happened. They were afraid. The message was a good one. Good tidings, glory to God, which will bring joy to the hearts of all people. Amen. Glory to God. So there's a need for joy. Yeah. Some people have happiness, but that only lasts for a short while until the thing wears out or something, but joy lasts forever. Great joy for all people. So we have joy. We're looking at joy. Many, uh, many at Christmas are sad rather than glad. Maybe this is because it's a reminder of their emptiness. Their meaningless lives. Um, there's many factors that contribute to a unhappy frame of mind. One, the present world crisis. I mean, there's wars and rumors of wars. Uh, in our own country, uh, things are not balanced. They haven't been balanced for over five years in, you know, in, in the political world. And then the second thing is uh, personal uh, failures or personal past failures. You think about some of the things that uh, you should have did, but you didn't, and, and you failed at it. You know, you just 
you know, some people live in the past. Uh, like I said, um, when I worked for PG&E, there was an individual that made a mistake and uh, they wrote him up, they sent him a letter, but uh, it was three weeks after or four weeks after he had written, uh, this incident had happened and within those three weeks, uh, a board convened and they thought about all the things that he should have done for two weeks and then gave him a letter. But he only had a few seconds to figure out what was going on. And uh, I would uh, be at work with him and sometimes he'd pull out a sheet of paper out of his coat pocket or a letter and he would read it. It was a past failure and he really, he was down on it for a long time. Uh, it was months. I mean, oftentimes he'd look it up and I should have did this, I should have, you know, that's not what we can't, you know, looking at personal failures is bad, it's past failures. Okay, then there's disappointment brought on by others. Sometimes we get so disappointed why, with other people that uh, it just drags us down. Why, why couldn't I have done this? Why should, you know, this type, why, why on, on individuals and that destroys joy, you know. And then uh, the fourth thing that, that could be is the, uh, the competitiveness. Uh, at work or, or just around, I mean, it, there's a competitive spirit that brings disappointment oftentimes to individuals. Brings them despair, you know. How, why, I can't match that person or this type of thing. So we've got to, you know, we need some joy in our life. Amen. So in the midst of the, these distressing circumstances, it's somewhat difficult to be joyous. Um, it is said that uh, psychiatrists have the busiest time after Christmas and New Year's. Wow. People are overwhelmed and don't know what or where to go. Their real hope and deliverance is only through the, the Lord Jesus Christ who gives us perfect joy. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus came to the world that we might have and be filled with joy to communicate love. Hallelujah. To make peace possible. But the majority or the mass majority of people who are not believers yet, don't believe in Jesus, uh, all the enjoyment of life ends when you become a Christian. You remember when you became a Christian? Oh man, you can't do this, you can't do that, why can't you do this, you know? We're going to do that. Oh, I, well, I'm sorry, I don't do those things. Oh man, you, you lost your joy. No, they, they believe that when you become Christian, joy goes out or any type of happiness. It's the other way around. You, you really have true joy. You have true happiness. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus was a joyful individual. Yes. Amen. Glory to God. Or did he go around wearing a frown? Even when he, he came against the Pharisees or the Pharisees came against him, he didn't frown. He had, happy, he had to put on a happy face. How do we do it when the Pharisees bother us? Mm. 
we get we get all shoved out of shape. At least I do sometimes. Uh, Jesus had a what we call a magnetic personality. People were drawn to him. I mean, you know, kids came running to him. The disciples detected something in him. They, that's why they followed him. You know, he's, he's got something that, boy, I like to be around him. He's joyful. I mean, there's not too many people that want to follow a grump around. Uh, that, that character in uh, Peanuts, or they had that cloud over him. No, nobody's ever followed him around. You know, so, uh, if you got that cloud around you, blow it away, all right? Tell it to leave. Okay. okay. The disciples perceived that uh, he had come into the world to make something available to them. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you joyful. And then in John 10, 10, he says... Hey, I'm going to give you an abundant life. Hey, that, to me, that sounds to be joyful. Oh. What's going on? What's going on? Okay. Yet the Pharisees became upset with Jesus. He didn't fast enough. He didn't pretend to be pious. You know, you... He didn't invite them to sit at the, 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 the seat of honor at his table. You know, uh, they didn't like that. And uh, how often are you shunned? Because you show the light of Jesus, the joy of Jesus. Oh, well, put him in the background. Now, in sports, they used to show the, the individual's that, uh, that knew Christ, you know, they would say something. Now they don't follow him that much because they're always giving the Lord glory for what he's done. You know, they're, they're going to the other guys that are disgruntled. Well, why, how, why didn't you win the game? You know, that type of stuff. You know, they don't go to those unless they really have to. If, they, they win, if the team wins the championship, and somebody happens to be a leader and they mention Jesus, well, you know, they kind of try to move the subject away from him. Why? Because these people have joy. Okay. Let's to, uh, turn, let's go back to, not back, but uh, go to Mark chapter, not Mark, but Matthew, Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, uh, beginning, Jesus talks about the parable of the ten virgins. And let's go to the first verse. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, when you're a bridegroom, you're happy. You're... Life is just opening up to you. And Jesus said he was the bridegroom. 
He was joyous to meet his bride. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 13. Watch therefore ye know not neither the day or hour when the Son of Man cometh. So he said, I'm the bride. I'm not the bride. I'm the, <laughs> not the groom here. I'm, I'm looking for, for the wife, my wife. And the groom is happy as can be. You know, in those days when they got married, there was a one-year honeymoon. Wow! That's, that'd be pretty good. You know, stay in Hawaii for a year, you know. <laughs> well, we say, you know, everybody says Hawaii is a place to go, you know. I don't know any other place you want to go. No. There's, there's great things that happen. So there's, something, there's also something about Jesus. Uh, we said that, that the parents of children were happy. We're made, uh, let's go to chapter, uh, verse 19. Uh, chapter 19 in Matthew, pardon me. Verse 13. That's Matthew chapter 9, 19, verse 13. Then they were brought unto him, little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. Wow. But Jesus said, Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. So, okay. parents brought their children to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus had joy. You know, the wife says she didn't like her, her, her grandmother, remember? She says you had to be, she didn't want to be around her because they said, sit down, be quiet. So she would go in and watch TV. She would happen to watch uh, Oral Roberts all the time. So that was a blessing. But I mean, you know, most parents want their children to be around somebody that's happy. They want to be around the grump. So we've got to, we've got to line up on that. Okay, let's go to Mark. Let's go to another one. In Mark chapter 10. It's the same thing. Mark 10, verse 14. Then Jesus saw it. He's... He was much displeased and said unto him, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Jesus liked kids coming around him. How many kids run around you? Adults? You're adults. How many children running around you? you do, do you display the love? Or you display... Get on my face, you little... Huh? Well, so Jesus brought great joy to whoever, he, whoever came in contact with him. We need to bring joy. Amen? Or have joy. In John chapter 15. Now, anytime you read 
the Word of God, this should happen to you. Are you ready? John chapter 15, verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So when you read the Word, we need to be happy. It's telling us what to do and how to live properly. When we do borderline, borderline things with the word, I mean, you know, and we kind of slip over on, onto the shadowy side of things, that doesn't make us happy. It doesn't make God happy. And our joy is, is cut down because we know we're not doing right. So if we get on the right side of things, we're going to have joy all the time. Amen? should have joy. He says this, that's what it says here. His joy. What type of joy did Jesus have? He enjoyed life. Had fun. John chapter 16. Looking at verse 24. Hereto have ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask and, it, and ye shall receive that your joy be full. Ask something in Jesus' name and your joy may be full. This is in prayer. What's your prayer like? Sometimes, if we're not praying right, we don't, we're not going to have our joy to be full. He said he wants us to have our joy to be full. Boy, oh boy. Come, Lord Jesus, quickly. That's what they said. Maranatha. Well, the saints of old are in the presence of God right now. We are in the presence of God, but we're going to be there bodily pretty soon. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Part of, uh, part of the joy of Christmas is receiving. Uh-oh. All the kids. Yay. But far too many people have never learned to be gracious and humble to receive. Okay? Uh, this might be to, due to a low sense of esteem. Or feel, feeling unworthy. Okay. Others are unable to accept gifts from others without, without uh, them trying to repay them back for, you know, if I got a gift, I got to get you one and all that type of stuff. They want to repay you, okay? Uh, we, we cannot truly experience the richest joy of Christmas unless we develop the art of being a grateful receiver. When you receive, you need to be thankful for it. Oh, I got that last year. <laughs> I got three of those. <laughs> Hello? Huh? Take two of them back. Don't tell Aunt Martha and Uncle John that you return their old, they're all the same, you know. You say, well, it's the one I got. You, I got it. I got the, you know, that type of thing. Another great joy of Christmas is the joy of giving. Whoa, hallelujah. God loves 
a cheerful giver. God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. God is gracious, generous, and is extravagant gift giver. Some of us, all of us need to learn to operate in that, that gift. Okay. Uh, many never enter the joy of Christmas giving. They are like Scrooge. And you know what Scrooge does? He only wants to get. See what I can get. See what I can get. That's a Scrooge. You know anybody like that? Don't raise your hands. Again, the angels sang about great joy that would come to those that recognize and accept and respond to what God is giving them in his gift of, of, of his son. Okay, let's go to the book of Romans. And we want to go to Romans chapter 8. The joy of Christmas is to know that God is for us. So in Romans chapter 8, we can begin with verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Boy, that should make you joyful. That he spared not his own son, there's that gift, but delivered him up for us all. How shall, we, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Boy, he gave us his best, and anything under that, it's open to you. And you have the checkbook in your hand. Find out what he wants to give you, and and receive. He already gave us the best gift. Anything, anything else that he gives you cannot overtake it. So you might as well take some of the lighter things in life. Amen. Who shall lay up anything to the charge of the elect? It is God that justifies. Let's continue. Who is he that condemneth? It is, it is Christ that died, ye rather, that he has risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who, has, who also maketh intercession for us. Glory to God. It's taken care of. You know, he doesn't intercede. Jesus doesn't intercede for the world. He intercedes only for his brothers and sisters in the Lord. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecutions, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As is written, for thy sake we, uh, we, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Wow. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any cre uh, creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow! That is a gift. No, no, uh, however, however, fall, however deep you fall, he doesn't look at it. He sees you perfect. 
Oh, glory to God, that takes a... I mean, I don't know about you, but I mess up sometimes. And he doesn't see it. He tells the Father, they're covered by the blood. They just took 1 John 1, 9. They're, they're, they're there. They, they, keep on blessing them. That is joy. That should bring you joy. Amen. The Christmas message declares that God is always and has been always been for us. If we trust in Him, we have our rightful place in Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The joy of Christmas is the joy of belonging to God's family. Hey, you're adopted. Christmas is usually is family oriented. Amen. We enter into this family through spiritual birth. John chapter 1. Let's look at all these good scriptures. John chapter 1. Verse 12. But as, as many as received him, to them gave he, he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Glory to God. We're part of the family. That's amazing. It's amazing. That we are children of God. Uh, first John, let's go all the way back to First John. Just to get a couple of these. First John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because we knew him not. Beloved, we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet, yet appear that we shall, what we shall be. But we know that when he is appeared, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You're not destitute to be wiped away, washed away. There's nothing you can do to destroy your fellowship with God. Except for blaspheming the Holy Spirit, it says. And I think anybody here has done that. Glory to God. As long as you, you care for the Lord, <laughs> glory to God. We don't have to be worried about it. There's, there's joy. The absence of joy in, in the hearts of people can be traced to sin. And, it's, and all that it stands for. And Jesus was born to deal with our sin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we don't, we don't need to be afraid of our past. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. You need to dance up and down on that one. That's joy. 
He's the Savior. He bore the penalty of sin for us. Boy, about to be jumping. We should have no fear of his presence. Matthew chapter 28. You know, they say a lot of, a lot of Christians, well, I don't know if, if the Lord would show up if something's wrong. You know, look at verse, uh, chapter 28. Verse 20, last chapter of Matthew. Twenty-eight, twenty, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Wow. And you have the, you have the Holy Spirit within us. Within you, I should say. Glory. He's your, he's your counselor. He's your teacher. He's your guide. All we have to do is follow, follow through on that. And he's not going to lead you someplace where it's going to be bad. You might have to go through something. What do you mean? Well, didn't the Holy Spirit lead Jesus through the desert? He went through something. But how did he come out? He came out on top. Well, know that when you go through something, you're going to come out on top. When you're going through something, the devil's going to even try to get at you. And you can be joyful about it because he's under your feet. He lost. Read the end. If, if, you're, if you're fearful about anything, read the end of the book. You know, um, sometimes you get a good book that you're reading, I mean, you know, a good novel, and you want to find out what's going on, and you kind of go back there and you kind of sneak back there. <laughs> Anybody ever do that besides me? <laughs> you find out what's going on back there. Ah, that's how it ends. Up. So you go back to where you are, and you, and, you, and you get back in, and all you see these troubles and trials this individual is going through. You know, but you know, hey, you got, com you got confidence because you know what the end of the book is. Well, when you go through something, we need to be joyful because we know what the end of the book says. My name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I tell you. If it's written, declare it. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are to follow him. We are not going to stumble. Like I said, the Holy Spirit lead us. Might be some dark areas, but he's not going to let you stumble. He gives you insight. He says, okay, there's something coming up here. We're going to turn to the left. You know. Hey, he's your guide. Glory to God. Yeah. Better than a compass. Better than a, than a Garmin. 
Now the joy of Christmas is also giving. Oh boy. We can only give away what we truly have. Okay? You can give the gift of faith to somebody who has not yet known the Lord Jesus Christ. Share your testimony. That brings joy to, to the Father. It'll bring joy to that individual when they receive. It'll bring joy to your hearts. Because what are you bringing up to heaven with you? It's not going to bring your house because your house is not going to work be much up there. Or even down here, it's not even worth that much. You know. It's people, lives. That's why we we lift up those in the missionary field. We give to the missionary field because they're they're our, they are our extension of reaching souls. Amen. You can give your gift of encouragement to someone who's down and out, who's depressed. These are gifts not only for Christmas, but any time. Then there's the gift of friendship for those who are shy and awkward. Anybody know somebody that's shy and awkward that, that you could befriend and, hey, give them a gift in that way? Lead them. And then, of course, there's the gift of forgiveness. Instead of saying, I'll get back at you, <laughs> I forgive you. Amen? Glory to God. All right. We're just about done. Pretty close. Then there's the gift of thank you or gratitude to those who have been kind to us, who have, mini who have ministered to us in some way or some form. We need to thank them. Give them a gift. Then there's the gift of kindness for those who are less fortunate, who may be suffering uh, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. You can bear some fruit in their lives. This is giving. Then there's the gift of acceptance and affirmation to those who are uncertain or insecure about things. Tell them they can make it. Don't just say, well, well, everybody else that has this job failed, you know, and you have, no, tell them, hey, you can do it. You can, you can, you can say, tutor them, bring them up. That's a gift. That's a, that's a gift of giving. More people need that. Amen? So to experience the joy of Christmas, we, we must recognize and respond to Jesus. See, happiness is a result of, some, of, of what something happens, by something happens. Joy is an inward condition. You have been given, Jesus says, I give you my 
joy that your joy might be. So we've been given joy within us. Within us, it should be like we said last week. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. It's bubbling in my soul. It's touching. We, I talked about an artesian well. That's the way it should be bubbling up. Uh, I use it another way. Yeah. How many know when you get a, a, a bottle of pop or something, you shake it up, and you, and when you open it up, what happens? It. That's the way we ought to be. When people come around us, we just say, explode on them. Just. Cover them with joy, love. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oops. Wrong direction. Okay. Looking at... Our first scripture, Luke 2 and 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You have it more than any, any other people. Know that the more you are into the word, the greater joy you have, or you should have. I'll put it that way. Because if you're into the word and you're doing the word, you're you're active, that joy is going to come forth. It's overwhelming. Amen? Well, glory to God. Merry Christmas. Is there anyone needing, I know they're a little backwards today, but anybody needing prayer this, this, after, this afternoon, this morning? This morning yet, okay. You're getting up early. Well, let's all stand. The sun is out there. It's getting a little bit warmer, so you go out there. Step out, step out of here, and you can take off your jackets and get warm. <laughs> Again, there's no uh, services Wednesday. It's Christmas. Enjoy. The joy of Christmas with your family and friends. Glory to God. And we will see you back here next Sunday. So, Father, we're praising you and we're just giving you thanks. We thank you, Lord, for the precious gift of Jesus. The joy that he's given to us, Father God. And, Father God, may we share this joy to a lost and dying world. We ask, Lord, that what we put our hand to shall be blessed. Whatever we decree shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Amen.